Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where the signs are clear, changes are coming. I'm Meredith. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Tara. All right, before we jump into everything, we do have an announcement from Sunrise Robot. We're sad to inform our listeners that our podcast network, Sunrise Robot, is shutting down at the end of 2016. Mm, Sad face. But don't worry. The Eclectic Readers podcast will continue. At the end of the year, sunriserobot.net will become an archive of all the past episodes of all the podcasts on the network. And Eclectic Readers will continue to post new episodes there until we get a new site underway. We'll keep you informed as we know more ourselves. And one of the best ways to stay informed is to join our brand new Litzy group, Eclectic Readers, or our Goodreads group. Yeah! Yay. Yeah! <laughs> stay tuned for updates. Yep. Um, yeah, we've got good stuff coming, guys. Like, a lot of good stuff coming. Yes. Really yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Some of which we'll we're going you, to Sunrise talk about. We'll miss you, Sunrise Robot, but we'll make it work. We'll miss you, Sunrise. <laughs> yeah. You were great for us. It was us. a great home. I'm, I'm glad yeah. we, we started this on Sunrise Robot, but unfortunately, we must move on. Um, yeah. You'll hold a place in our hearts. Yep. <laughs> uh, well... You know, let's let's not be too gloomy. But how is everybody doing? <laughs> oh, good. Um, getting ready for the holidays. Woo! Yeah. Um, just had a Christmas tea party with a friend yesterday. That is so, so cute. Oh That's my god! So it a was, Christmas tea party. Yes, it was so delicious. There was so much food and so much tea, and like she had the poppers. The crackers um, that you pull. oh like 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 Britain has yes yes with with the yep. crowns inside yes yes that is like yep. a dream <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was amazing it was so much fun so like now I'm like totally in the holiday spirit like we started decorating and next week is my book club's holiday party so I'm getting ready for that too oh that's nice. so much fun yeah yep so we're doing a um, blind date with a book book exchange. So oh, we, cool. we wrap we wrap the books and then you write a short descriptor list and then you just choose the book you want to take with you from just the oh, description. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how are you, Jeanette? Well, things are crazy busy. Um, baby, it will be two months old this month so it's been a whole lot yeah i know (laughs) it's crazy so it'll be a crazy month of uh it's been a crazy two months that is of learning each other's quirks and things like that and she's having her first cold now and it's crazy Um, and then we have family coming in for christmas so that'll be busy and hectic and we're possibly moving so you know as usual i made nothing easy for myself it's gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's how we all handle our life. <laughs> right? So true. What's wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> but I've been home maternity leave, so I'm reading a lot. That's hey. good. <laughs> Silver so linings. Yeah. Yes. We need a new edition of Weird Places Jeanette Reads now that she has a baby. It's like, baby update. Weird Places Jeanette Reads. <laughs> I'll continue to read some weird places. I'll, I will make some updates. Excellent. <laughs> but Excellent. in the meantime... How have you been, Tara? Oh, you know, actually, um, so as you guys know, I travel just a ton, a ton for work. Um, And the next couple of months, I'm not really traveling 
for work at all. So I'm I'm getting a nice little break over here of just being completely and utterly insane. So um, I'm doing okay, you know, trying to get ready for the holidays like everybody else, trying to find out gifts. My um, brother and sister-in-law are coming to visit us for Christmas. So uh, just trying to get everything in order, really. But, uh, you know, I don't seem to quite be in survival mode like the two of you. Um, so what about you, though, Meredith? I know you've been sick lately. Yeah, uh, I'm doing better, I think, finally. Uh, and yay. just, yeah, I know, finally, yay. And it's hard to believe it's December again, and it's time to be getting ready for the holidays and everything else. Um, so we'll be traveling just the weekend of Christmas to see my mother-in-law in Florida. So that'll be nice, and at least it won't be quite so cold. Oh, so, so you're going to be visiting me. Jealous. That's great. Hi. I'll see you. I'll see you, right? <laughs> We're going to make that happen. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so I'm looking forward to the weather, definitely. And, of course, to see my mother-in-law, because she's awesome. Of course. Yeah. Of course. She's also very bookish. So oh, it's, very it's, nice. I, I know. I have a lot of fun uh, talking with her about books. And she listens, too. So, hi. 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 <laughs> hey. Hey, Tyler's mom. Hi. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing I wanted to say real quick that I totally forgot is how excited I am that Hanukkah actually falls on Christmas this year. Oh, it does never ask you about that. That's yeah, cool. it never happens. Hanukkah's actually on Christmas and Christmas Eve, which is just yeah. It's usually close, but not quite on. Right. Yeah, it's usually it's... somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and mm-hmm. more likely than not, it's closer to the Thanksgiving side. So uh, this happens like once every eight to ten years or something like that, where it gets really, really close or on Christmas, and it's just really exciting. That's cool. Yeah, so like, like double celebration before, for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, That's sorry. Fun. Oh, yeah. Double the celebration for you. Double the celebration, double the fun. Really, it just means I I only have to worry about one. One. (laughs) (laughs) Which is nice. It's the opposite. It means, like, I don't have to remember when Hanukkah is and also plan for Christmas. It means I can just sort of shove it all into one day and (laughs) and call it a wrap, which is perfect. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, (laughs) for right now, since we have a little while ago for the holidays. What are we reading now? Um, well, I just finished Secret Love of Geek Girls, um, the anthology that I talked about before. Ooh, you just finished, finished it? How was it? It was good. Um, it was so diverse. It was, you know, only written by women. Um, so it's just their ex- either their experiences or their observations, and, and it's just sometimes really insightful and sometimes really silly. Some of it was a little ridiculous, but overall it was really good. I loved it. You should, you guys should read it. <laughs> um, so now I'm going to start Men Explain Things to Me. So that's next on the docket. Very good. Yep. The book club pick. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, that's our next book club pick. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading, Tara? All right, well, it's the end of the year. I still have one more uh, book bingo slot to fill out, and that is going to go to the book Fathom, which I've mentioned before, but have not actually finished yet. So uh, Fathom is my book that takes place where I live. It takes place in Tampa, which technically, I guess, isn't where I live anymore, but, you know. Anyway, um, takes place in It's where you're going to live for a month. It is. So I will finish it at the end of the year, where I will be at at the time. So it it, it all counts. Um, It totally counts. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Um, So I, I need to finish Fathom. I'm I've already started, or I'm one um, chapter through, Men Explain Things to Me. 
Um, and my last book of the year to finish out what, um, you know, how Goodreads has that reading challenge. I need one more book after that. Um, and I've decided I'm going to read A Court, a court of oh, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Oh, right. I think that's what I'm going to read. Sarah, Sarah Moss. Moss mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's between that and The Crown Game. I have both downloaded, but uh, but I think it's going to be A Court of Thorns and Roses. So, yeah, that's me. What about you, Mir? Uh, I'm in the middle of a few things right now. I finished Saga Volume 1, which was freaking awesome. Isn't it yeah. so good? Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Do you regret picking that up? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. I love that. I love that yeah. kind of novel. The, the artwork is amazing, and the storyline pulled me right in. So um, I'm halfway through Volume 2. I'm so glad that I picked up, because I, I bought Volume 1, and I was at the library. So I was like, let me get Volume 2 and 3 before I start Volume 1, and I'm really glad I did. <laughs> so I'm able just to keep on going for a little bit. Uh, awesome. So I got that. Um, I'm about halfway through uh, the Thousandth Floor by Catherine McGee, which is for a YA book club that Jeanette and I are in. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... Uh, they can't my, all be winners, guys. I know, exactly. <laughs> for I like what my it, YA... It, yeah. For what I like it is, YA, it's really good, I think. But Yeah, it's... I mean, exactly. It's It's not bad. It's just not quite my thing. I do like my YA more with the sci-fi fantasy aspect and this is more like rich people problems oh, like exactly. gossip girl-esque yes it's it's been yeah. that's what it's been called i've never actually watched gossip girl me either um, but <laughs> I, so i'm just gonna say sure yeah it's like gossip girl if you say so. <laughs> yeah. and i'm also trying to get myself into the christmas spirit by listening to a christmas carol as an audiobook because i'm sure we've all seen a million different adaptations but i've never actually read the book Oh. I don't know if I read it. Maybe I, I did when I was it. a kid. I don't yeah, know. so it's it's good so far. I mean, it's it's a pretty quick audiobook. I think it's right under three hours, so oh. not too bad. Yeah, I should do that. Cool. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Nat? Well, I just finished X, a novel, which is a novel by Ilyasa Shabazz and Kekla Magoon, and it's the story of Malcolm X as a. It's. Based it was on, edited like, his, by his daughter, right? It's written by his daughter. Oh, very cool. Ilyasa Shabazz is his um, middle daughter, and she and this author, Kekla Magoon, um, used, I guess, his diaries, his autobiography, and other writings, and they put together this story of his um, his adolescence and sort of de- the like rabbit hole he went down of like problems and things like that, like basically from when he uh from when his father died to when he went to jail and the story of before he became an activist and it's really really interesting hmm. kind of packs a punch for a young adult novel i was like whoa oh it's a young uh, adult novel yeah oh um, well with a lot of like dark themes in it like it's it's really interesting um, so I just finished that, and I moved on to Men Explain Things to Me last night, actually, and I'm already three essays in. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm trying to stretch that out because we have so long between now and when yeah. that happens, and it's so short yep. that I, I want to be able to remember it, but I want to <laughs> read it. You know, it's it's hard. It's always hard when you have a short book. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. When do I start? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to get a lot of reading out of the way in case things don't allow me to read, like moving and family. So that's true. Yeah. I'm trying to moving do a lot and baby early. issues. And, yeah. 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 So trying to get a lot of it out of the way. That's fun. <laughs> So we do have one announcement, which is that we are not having the readathon this year. In December, like we announced several months ago, what with some of the changes we're going through, moving from Sunrise Robot and um, preparing some new stuff for the eclectic readers, we had decided that it's just going to be best if we wait and put out one really good readathon in June. So sorry, guys, we're looking forward to that. But we do have another fun thing for you to do. Yes. So yes. fun. It's going to be really great, guys. Yes. So great. So. You're going to totally forget that we promised you something and then didn't deliver because 2016 is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but we so, love you. <laughs> this next is a new project we've been working on. We're really excited about it. And it's a new game that we are going to start in January. And it's called Eclectic Readers Mad Libs. And so in Eclectic Readers Mad Libs, you are going to have six months to complete 12 books. And you will complete books with titles that fill in typical Mad Lib spots, such as, you know, a place or a person's name. And or a body we, part. Or a body part. <laughs> <laughs> and we will release the Mad Lib in our readathon in June. And one lucky winner will, in fact, get a prize. Yay! And so <laughs> keep an eye out for the information and the rules on our Litzy and our Goodreads pages. And any questions or anything else you can follow our hashtag hashtag er madlibs yes and if you get at all like caught up and can't think of a book that would fill a certain spot um Jeanette and i have been working on this for days now um and we have come up with a pretty good list of things that will fill in anything um in a variety of genres so if you have any questions you know Contact us on Litzy or Twitter. Tag us. Tag the hashtag. We will be happy to give you some um, some like, suggestions for your to-read pile. Yes. We've been compiling things, and we think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited about it. So hopefully yeah. that makes up for no readathon, guys. Yeah. Don't hate us. Love <laughs> well, us. Well, the end result will be good because they're always so funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've and been then you're going to end up them. with a double game in June. Yep. So uh. that's pretty good. <laughs> And, and listen, if you don't finish 12 books by June, if you fill out the form after that, we will still give you the Mad Lib. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Exactly. Don't, yeah. don't feel that much pressure. It's just if you want to win the prize, you gotta um, finish by we June. will do our drawing in June. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yes. And so that's it for announcements from me. Um, Susan, I know you've got one, too. Oh, yeah. I got a big one. And it'll be exciting because... Um, it'll be when everybody's back to work, the holidays are over, and you're feeling kind of blue. Well, what better way than a few new episodes from us? Um, <laughs> when yes, obviously, we can make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Taryn and Meredith were at Book Riot Live, they did a few interviews. Um, we'll be releasing them at that time. Starting January 3rd, the author interviews will be released, starting with Charlie Jane Anders, who wrote All the Birds in the Sky and was the editor-in-chief of io9.com. January 5th, Ken Liu, um, who wrote The Grace of Kings and was a translator for The Three-Body Problem. 
And then January 9th, it'll be Valentine Delandro, who's the co-creator of Bitch Planet and a comic book illustrator. Um, we'll be releasing them within that, that time so that you have a week of, you know, getting back into things and, you know. You and guys, feel- they were all so good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody was just so smart and just so much smarter than me. I, I really hope, <laughs> like, we don't, I like, it, but uh, they were great and uh we're I really mean, excited to share this. Yeah, yeah. Really we're excited so to excited. Share. <laughs> Yay. And they're all so different, too. Like, yes. Uh, Charlie, Ken, and Valentine could not have been <laughs> three more different people, but they were all, like, just super sweet and super intelligent and really excited to talk about uh, their work. And we got some, some great stuff. So, like Mary said, excited to share it with you guys. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I think it's a good time to get these out, too. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, guys. It's December. It's it the is. end of the year. Does that mean <laughs> we're doing a specific theme? No. What? what could that theme be, Susan? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, you seem we, to be implying something. Yeah, we've had a pretty, pretty great year of books, at least. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk, you know, talk about and see what your guys' favorite book was for the past year. Um, You know, we've had 12 because, you know, one a month. (laughs) Um, That is how book clubs work. Good job. Good job, us. We didn't mess that up. 12 books in a year. We can do math. (laughs) Look, we're readers, numbers people. Um, So, yeah, what were your favorite books for the year um, for the for the book club? Well, I feel like there's a good consensus on this, actually. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were all we like, all yep, agree. yep, yep, those ones. Those ones, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really liked almost all the books we read this year. But I, for me, Station Eleven was sort of the standout. Station um, Eleven was really good. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. I, I, I get where you're going with that. It was my, I think, my second choice. That was, that was definitely my second choice. I, I, it was like, oh, God, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was one of those books where I knew what to expect and it still wasn't what I expected and was really good. Mm. And I was like, huh, like this is different and yet the same. And it's great. Like every single chapter kept me moving to the next one. So really loved that one. And yeah. we had a great discussion about that, too. We did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, it was so good. <laughs> How about you, Tara? Oh, easy. Uh, Rabbitback <laughs> Literature Society. No question. Hands down. Um, no offense, Station Eleven. You are so good. Like, oh, so good. But Rabbitback Literature Society, I think, for the first time sent in a long time, um, really made me use my, like, English major hat hardcore. Because, like, what is all this symbolism? Like, I dug deep in. Um, I, you know, it's so fanciful. I was telling Mare when we were at Book Riot Live, I just feel like this is the year of the weird book, like where where all the like genre bending weird books are just so phenomenal and fantastic, and they just make me so happy. Um, and Rabbit Back really kicked that off for me. Um, if you haven't read Rabbit Back yet, or listened to our podcast, or listened to our author interview with the author of Rabbit Back Literature Society, you should. Um, just because he's brilliant, not because we were brilliant, but because he was brilliant and the book <laughs> is brilliant. And yeah, I just, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty much co-signing with Tara on this. Uh, <laughs> Rabbit Back, <laughs> yes! Rabbit Back, 
Rabbit Bag Literature Society was just amazing. And I am all about the weird books. So let's hope there's more weird books for us to read in 2017. Um, <laughs> Hashtag just, more weird books. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just so interesting. And just, you know, we had all these different theories. And even though some of our questions weren't necessarily answered, I was okay with it. And yeah. uh, it was really great. Um, and that being said, Station Eleven really was awesome. And I also really liked uh, The Name of the Wind. I think those yes. are probably my top three. What about you? Name of the Wind is going to be in my top two, too. Yeah, it's Name of the Wind one. was definitely a huge favorite. Um, it's Don't get me wrong. I liked um, Kushiel's Dart. <laughs> what is the name of that <laughs> book? That wasn't um, this year. We didn't no, read that No, this I know, year. but I'm, I'm talking about like high fantasy stuff. So. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> um, it was a really good book, but like there was something about Name of the Wind where it's like, it is my type of fantasy. Like I haven't read um, read a fantasy like this in a very long time and it like really yeah. gripped me. So it's just like, I can I can get down with this world. <laughs> Too bad that third book is like never coming. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Don't say um, that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a naysayer about stuff like this. <laughs> One of these decades, it'll be here. Exactly. Oh, uh, you know, that's what they're saying about George R. R. Martin. Dude, There's dude, a reason dude, why dude. I haven't read the, his last uh, Game of Thrones book. I got to stretch this out as long as I can. I yeah. mean, that's why I haven't read the second book for the Name of the Wind series. Is because I'm like, well, <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that third book's coming, time. man. So. Yeah. But I, I almost picked it up at Barnes & Noble the other day, and I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> keep waiting <laughs> yeah. a few more months <laughs> I mean meanwhile if there was a sequel to Rabbit Back I would have read it already like probably. that that's also probably my litmus <laughs> test I would have just have read it yeah um, so can we all agree that Sense of an Ending though was probably the worst book of this year do we maybe hmm. we don't all agree on that what I don't I, um, I don't know I'd have to look back um it, Maybe back, yeah. I think it is the one that I liked least. This yeah, year. I wouldn't say it was bad. Though. It was kind of boring, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Just yeah. of the books that we read, yeah. it's the one that I liked least. That being said, though, there, are, it wasn't bad. Like we had no real bad books this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I hated it, but our discussion was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, our discussion was tops on that, but like I, I hated. <laughs> Tell but us how you just, really feel. I know, right? I mean, uh, you don't y'all don't pay me at all, but if you did pay me, you don't pay me for holding back. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's I mean, that's, that's a good book club book, you know, is one you oh, want great to like to discuss, you know. That's such mm-hmm. a difference and there I think I feel like a lot of um book clubs that start out try to do that where like people will like it. And like, but then you don't have much to talk about, but then you have like a really divisive book and then you have like so much to talk about, you know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. a big difference. So no, I mean, and I've said this before. I think we've all said this before. I think some of our best discussions come when someone does not like the book. If someone does not like the book, like at least there's, you know, there's a good back and forth and you get some really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just get some really nice discussions. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm happy yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways okay so we all know as i think we all agree that those three books are all in our top three so yep if you haven't read them fabulous <laughs> do it um do it and you know we love talking about books we'll continue to talk about books um forever yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
And is ever there, and ever. Is there one topic, you guys, that you kind of want to talk about just a little bit more? <laughs> um, that maybe, you know, you missed or you just didn't get quite, you know, squeeze in as much as you wanted to in a past discussion. I'm going to lay it out there for everybody. You know, I should just talk about everything. Like, I can't pick one topic I'd like to talk about more. Although I did oh, you're miss... cheating. No, but <laughs> I, I did miss the Blankets episode. And I was kind of bummed that I didn't get to talk about, you know, that book and graphic novels a little bit. But um, Tara mentioned the graphic novel that I would love everybody to read, which is Fables. Because I just, I haven't quite finished the series yet, but I've been having so much fun with it. Because it's so good. Because it's so good. Um, yeah. And See, I guys, like listen system. to me. I give good advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I miss the, like, talking about the sibling relationships and stuff in Blankets. But really, like, I can't just pick one thing. We have so many mm. good discussions. Let's just keep talking about books forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really hard, which is why we have, like, Goodreads and Let's See and Twitter. And <laughs> keep yes. talking about them. <laughs> yes. Um, and Tara? All the missed punertunities. <laughs> and I'm, I, we're coining this word, punertunities, the opportunity to pun. I was not on the bee episode. And I was all abuzz to talk about the bees. And I did not get to use any of my fabulously worded puns. And I was so, so upset. <laughs> that, and every time I look at our uh, page on Sunrise Robot and I see what we titled the sense of an ending. I just want it. We did it sense of an ending, uh, colon meh. And I'm just like, man, we missed out. That really should have been titled sense of a mending. Sense <laughs> of a mending. Um, I just, uh, just, I really, really wanted to be on the bees episode to annoy everybody who hated puns. I just wanted to be that person and I had to miss it. And it makes me I'm sad. sorry, honey. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Jeanette, oh. I love you. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. If you, you wanna, if you hate puns oh. or you don't like wordplay, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Oh, for real. <laughs> for real. I mean, I get it. I get it. Some people just find puns to be like the most annoying thing in, in the English language. But I say to you, where is your soul? Um, <laughs> Meredith, what about you? Uh, well, hmm. I I wasn't on the Station Eleven podcast episode, so I didn't get to talk about Shakespeare. And <laughs> I love Shakespeare. Aww. Oh, Shakespeare's awesome. We um, mentioned you. Yeah, you did. did. Yeah, because um, Jeanette and Tara and I all took um, some Shakespeare classes together in college, and I even took uh, acting Shakespeare just for fun in college because That's I'm cool. crazy. Um, Heck yeah! I wish I was in that class. I well, think you, I had talked you, about that class with a friend of mine, but she decided not to do it, and I was too chicken. I should have done it. You should have done <laughs> it. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, Tara, you weren't in the class, but I was constantly in your dorm room, and you were helping me uh, memorize my monologues. So That's it was true. kind of like you were in the class. <laughs> um, but even now, after, you know, many years after graduating college, Shakespeare is still just a big part of my life. Um, living in D.C., it's awesome getting to go to the Shakespeare Theater Company and see the performances. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know Jeanette and Tara can attest that they are amazing. They're so Every good. Every time. I don't think I've seen a bad show there. I think they, I, yeah. they win the regional yeah. Tony on, like, the regular. So this is yeah. – it's pretty legit, guys. 
Yeah. So yeah. if you're ever in the D.C. area, you should definitely see what's playing there at the Shakespeare Theater Company. And, and they have really cheap tickets for under 35. So yes. if you are under 35, take advantage of that. It's amazing. Um, that's a lifesaver, <laughs> definitely. And we should get them a sponsor this off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I still got Sorry, a little bit of time. <laughs> uh, and then just one other fun kind of Shakespeare thing that um, anybody can do. It's it's a lot of fun. We uh, it's called brunch with the bard. Yes, uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> so obviously Jeanette and Tara know because they used to uh, play along with us. So it is pretty much you get a group of friends together and you have brunch and you drink mimosas and you read a Shakespeare play. You just divvy up the the different parts and read it out loud because that's how plays should be read, right? They should be spoken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a I lot mean, of fun. You should I'm give it a shot. I'm going to throw this out there because I just want to give us credit. Jeanette and I <laughs> actually started Brunch with the Bard in D.C. So mm-hmm. We did indeed. We just, founded Brunch just, with the Bard. And if we're going to give credit, we're our credit idea. Due, we stole we, it from- we stole oh, it from ahead. Joss Whedon. We so, <laughs> thank you, I Joss. I think he'll be okay with it, though. You know, yes, because you guys are keeping the spirit alive. So I'm exactly. sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> Should we do a whole Shakespeare episode in the future? Just, just maybe. Mm. We'll have to think that one over. Mm. At least, at least hold a Shakespeare discussion on Goodreads, maybe. Yeah, at the can, very least. Yeah, you can always have a Shakespeare thread and just yeah. All the things Shakespeare. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Susan, what's I, something that you would want to talk about? <laughs> so, I guess it's more of an update than, like, talk about it. But um, I want to talk just a little bit more about Anna Karenina. Because I'm now mm. 70% through. <laughs> Yay! Yay! It's, I, mean, I, really I was not that on book. that podcast knows how I did not mention that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 10 months. I got 70% through. <laughs> Um, thank God for serial reader because that is how I'm getting through it. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to point out that just my dislike for Anna just keeps going down, down and down and down. Like I just keep not liking her more as the story goes on, and I'm kind of at the point where it's like I'm kind of tired of your story. Let's stick with Kitty and Levin here, <laughs> which is where I am yeah. right now. <laughs> Kitty and Levin are great. Yeah, and it's like this Anna's is, hard to love. What is like she's I can I mean I, I kind of see why it's like Anna because she's kind of the focal point, like she's the one who like kind of is tying everyone together. But it's like why no, you're you're done, you're dead to me. <laughs> like, um, well, <laughs> well, not dead to me, but it's just like I don't know. Her choices aren't so good. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, I feel like our title for this book, for this podcast was specifically appropriate. You know, come for the adultery, stay for the agricultural tips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> Great title, um, guys. Good job. So, but yeah, it was just, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'll tackle another Tolstoy after this. I might be just tapped out until like, you know, when I'm way older. <laughs> oh, see, I really enjoyed it, but it is, it is a long book. I mean, thank goodness for serial reader. Yeah, that mm-hmm. has been really, really helpful, or else I've probably bailed like a long time ago. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of give an update. Like, I'm getting there. I will finish this book. This is my goal. <laughs> so, yep. We believe you. 
And we believe in you, Susan. (laughs) We believe in you. (laughs) You can do it. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, if we're done with our end of year wrap up, which it sounds like we are. Um, you know, be sure, guys, if you're listening, if you want to let us know which you, what your favorite books were of the year, um, what favorite books, ER books uh, of yours there were at the end of this year, you know, feel free to hashtag us on Let's See or Twitter or, you know, come on to our Goodreads page and talk to us. We'd love to hear what your favorites were and uh, what you think we should have talked about more on the podcast, too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Get a conversation which, going. Yeah. Which definitely brings us to... Our main read, which our this... last main read of the year, of uh, the year, oh, I know God. it's cr- crazy, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, which was Zodiac by Romina Russell. Um, yes. Zodiac, which was a New York Times bestseller, um, is a YA book uh, that features. Uh, our lead character is Roma Grace, a 16-year-old student from the House of Cancer. Now, in this book, your zodiac sign is not determined about when you were born, but where you were born. And in a very Battlestar Galactica-esque future where we have left Earth, there are now 13 different planet colonies. And those 13 different planet colonies um, are all based around a zodiac sign. <laughs> Um, Roma Grace is from the House of Cancer um, and has an unusual way of reading stars. She's not very good at doing all the mathy, you know, hard work stuff. But when she looks into her instrument called the ephemeris, mm-hmm. yes? Yes. yes, yes, excellent. Uh, the ephemeris, <laughs> um, she can see things that no one else can see. As, and she, quote unquote, makes up stories. Um, or does she? So when a violent blast strikes the moons of Cancer, where her and her brother are at, um, it sends her planet off kilter, killing thousands of citizens and making her the guardian of Cancer. Um, and it, this is really her story about how she, how Roma Grace um, is able to see what no one else can see. What no one else can see that there is a larger threat out in the universe that is out to destroy the current zodiac, um, and it's her it's her journey with her two male companions, <laughs> um, you know, going from house to house trying to convince the other houses of this larger impending doom. So yeah, so that's uh, that's zodiac. <laughs> Um, so what was the one thing that stood out to you guys in this book? Well, for me, I keep saying this because I'm really, really struck by it, I guess, is how Roma Grace, she keeps telling this, you know, she keeps telling the truth. She, they've elected her to be the mother of her house because she's so talented at reading the stars and she saw this original attack coming when nobody else did. And yet from then on, nobody believes her. And it very much strikes me as the um, experience of a young person who has a lot to offer. I've had this conversation with many young people that when they start, they have their qualifications, they have, you know, their experience. And yet because they're young, people have a hard time believing in them and I love the way that the author addressed that in this book and I love Mm -hmm. the way the character responds to it because she doesn't back down 
She doesn't. Sometimes she thinks about it, though. She thinks yes, about it. which is believable. But don't we all? Yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I think it's actually, I agree with you. This is me. Sorry. This is me. <laughs> agree with you. I think it's fairly a realistic take of the idealistic talent, you know, but with no, no allies. No. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Mare? Um, I know we'll probably get into it a little bit later, but I think just the world building was an interesting concept with each sign being its own planet and they all had to, their own kind of technology that was similar but different. Um, so I think it was really interesting and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the author builds on that in the other books. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Susan? Um. I really liked Roma. She is um, a really strong female character that I can definitely like. <laughs> um, she wasn't super irritating, which was nice. Um, she had her frustrating moments, but overall, like she really stuck to her guns, and she, yeah. you know, stood her ground, and she tried to stand up for what she believed in, even though the grown-ups, you know, didn't believe her. Um, and I really like that. I really appreciate um, a female character like that. Like, um, she kind of reminded me of Juliet from Wool, except younger. Oh, uh. I thought she reminded me of Katniss. So, no, I don't like Katniss, so. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I feel like they're in the same vein. Like, talented, mm, young yeah. female with... You know, yeah. power Ro, I think authority. we have one of those topics for discussion for our we do. <laughs> so, so okay, bring it back, bring it back. Um, so, um, every zodiac is depicted in this world. Um, some get more screen time than others. Looking at you, Cancer, you lucky fools. Um, but what did you think of your personal zodiac depiction in this novel? Was it accurate? Did you like it? Did you rage against the machine? Uh, what were your feels? Give me all your feels. You know, I was really impartial. <laughs> well, what's your zodiac first? Um, I'm a Gemini. Hey, so, you have a cool world. Yeah, we see a lot you of your world. Yeah, and with the twins and everything, um, I thought it was interesting. Um, but it was. It's really weird that the Geminis were very focused on um, longevity and, and imagination. Yeah, and ima- which is unusual. I was like, that's that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. well, it was funny to me when looking at the um, Gemini is because the way I saw them, they were very, very silly and unfocused on anything except that longevity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is really the opposite of Susan. Susan's very focused on <laughs> the things she attends but, but th- to. That's not quite true, though. They are very focused. If you, if they just seem to be unfocused, which I that's think true. was, which I think was the point, you know, with the yeah. whole, these are all very caricature of, of the story, but you know, it's that two facedness where actually exactly. I feel like this described better. Another Gemini know George, this described George <laughs> Much more than it described either Susan or Mino, for instance. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. this playful side, but in the background, they're really like thinking, okay, what do I have to do next to get the thing I want? Um, sorry, George, this sounds really mean to you, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I love you. You know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw a bit of like the usual Gemini characteristics I see, mm-hmm. but I think. Uh, she totally went in a very abstract 
weigh um, with the Geminis with their description. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So you don't want to be forever young? <laughs> uh, well, apparently with stereotypes, forever Asians live forever. So. <laughs> oh, so you don't have to worry about it. That's why you don't focus on that. <laughs> until, until I hit 70, I'm supposed to look youthful. And then like I'll all of a sudden look like an old lady. So. <laughs> Lucky. Uh, what about you, Mare? How did you feel Tauruses were, were depicted? Well, um... <laughs> Not very well, but they also weren't really there at all. I think I got about two lines worth of dialogue from a Taurus. Um, was she the one was, giving out the drugs? The the drinks or something at uh, that big party before and they went off to And tried to sell war. Roman drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I um, think that was the implication. And she, I guess, asked, I'm trying to, I don't remember the exact questions, but she was very blunt and someone said that she was rude. I was like, okay, so that's our depiction of Taurus is we're blunt, rude people. Um, which there is a lot. Who like to party? Party. Uh, Yeah, so I'm like, nope, nope, and nope. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and it's funny, in our group of friends, there's a lot of Tauruses in our group of friends. There is. And my husband is also a Taurus, which I'm not really sure how that worked out, how two Tauruses are married to each other. Um, I think maybe he fits more into that. But I didn't I see, see much that. of myself. Yeah, but he's he's so much more of an extrovert than I am, too. And I get not wanting to mince words and things like that, which maybe sometimes comes off as being rude. But um, I'm hoping we'll get a little more in-depth into Tauruses in the other books. I know um, I went onto her website, and it was interesting. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look, but she had a breakdown of each zodiac sign and, like, kind of what they did on their world and everything. And that was a little bit better. It was, like, saying that, like, we work hard and we play hard. And I think she said, like, they have, like, four four or five-day weekends because they just work nonstop the first few days of the week, and then they just, like, hang out and party the rest of the time. That sounds more like you. The the work really hard part. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can get behind that. But we just didn't actually get any of that in this book. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Jeanette? Uh, Well, I'm a Libra. And I mean. uh, Another house that gets a lot, a lot of play. They do get a lot of play. Um, You know, I don't know a whole lot about Zodiac stuff. So I don't know if it's. Um, the depiction is typical for Libras. Um, the Li- the main Libra that we see in the novel is Hyson, who I'm convinced will turn out to be evil. So I'm a little discouraged by that. <laughs> but right now, while he's not evil, I mean, he's a really charming guy. So I can't complain about the way Libra is depicted. He's charming. <laughs> he's seemingly fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. They do make a big point about Libra's sense of justice, which, you know, that's nice. Yeah. And logic. They're very <laughs> yes. logical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. These are all good things. Yes. They're like, they're charming Vulcans is really what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of, awesome. kind of, and, and they've got a really that. cool transportation system, like, in their, on their planet. They have a really strange transportation system because you have to hold on to a rail. Like, and what happens if you get tired? Like, every <laughs> well, it, Libra must have amazing arms. Amazing arms. But it is a lot like um, like a a much stranger version of a, uh, oh my God, what are the things called in Star Trek where they get in and in the original series you had to hold on? 
Guys, the things that go up and down in the ship. Someone help me. You mean me. the turbo lift? Oh, thank God. Yes, the turbo lift. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's like a really strange version of the turbo lift. Like, the turbo lift meets the glass elevator from Willy Wonka. See, I sort of <laughs> saw it as like a monorail. Um, oh, that, that's true, too. A monorail that only Michelle Obama can ride because she's the only one who has the arm strength. <laughs> her her arms are so pretty. <laughs> I just want her arms so bad. <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to miss you. Um, but anyway, um, so, yeah, it was... Sorry. It was... Um, they were de- depicted pretty well. I just don't trust them, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Well, you just don't trust Heisen. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> but I can't but the other the leader of his really house either because with, the leader so. of his house is a r- robot. Yeah. <laughs> Run by Heisen. But yes, Run by Heisen. Oh, that is true. Um, so there you go. <laughs> so I guess I'll go. Leo's yep. obviously the best sign. That's what we think, actually. Um, evidently. <laughs> Um, lions, super sweet. Um, we only get to, we only get shown like at the very, very tail end. Um, and we, you you get a few Leo people. Um, they're on the main ship. The head guy is sort of, he's like, he was a movie star before he was a general. And I'm like, ugh, what a, that's just so that's, yeah. Way to play (laughs) into the stereotype. Thanks guys. Um, but everyone, I have to say, everyone's really nice and capable. Like, um, when they're in the hangar deck and they're fixing the ship, everyone's super, you know, everyone's very extroverted and nice and talkative and, you know, not mean. So I really have nothing terrible to say about it. Um, they do look like me. Everyone on Leo has, like, large brown hair. And I'm like, well, yes. <laughs> Everybody on Libra I- looks the opposite of me. So, yeah. <laughs> Cannot <laughs> empathize there. <laughs> I mean, I get where they're going. They're like, manes, you all have manes. Like, yes, um, okay. Um, So, I mean, I hope we see more of Leo in the future. Uh, But I have to say, you know, though most of them died in this book, thanks for that, too. No, uh, most now, of them did die. Now, to be fair, a lot yeah. of people just died. Yeah, that's period. true. <laughs> I mean, that a ton is, of people died. From that all is the place. true. Yeah. Lots of people just bite it. Um, but, but, yeah, the Leo people seemed to fairly nice like I could hang so <laughs> it was fine um so there was a lot of world building let's go to world building because there was just a ton of cool technology a ton of cool um aspects to this weird I'm gonna keep comparing it to Battlestar Galactica because it's the first time I I saw colonies based off of the Zodiac sorry <laughs> Zodiac um you know it this, this Battlestar Galactica uh, sort of thing. But there were also some plot holes. Um, what was some of your favorite world-building aspects, and what are some of the things that just annoyed the crud out of you? Don't everyone jump in at once, man. <laughs> I'm going to call people out. Mayor? Mayor, let's, let's start with you, man. Um, well, like I mentioned before, I thought the world-building was interesting. Uh, it still definitely needs to be developed in the other books. Um, like they they all had different ways of communicating. Some of them had stuff like what stuck in their eyes, and some people had like little handheld devices. And so it was interesting to see how they all communicated. And I feel yeah. like all their ships were different. Like everything was just different. And if you get a chance, like they don't check- share anything ever, <laughs> right? Like, which right. Was, we all have similar tech, but yeah. it was so that was a little odd. And I mean, I guess that's the whole thing that right now they're all very divided and they need to be united, which technology could definitely help unite them, I would think. Um, But 
Yeah. So I think the different worlds were interesting. If you get a chance, check out her website because she does delve a little more into each world than she right. does in the book. Um, so that was interesting to read. Um, plot holes? I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it just, there were definitely things that annoyed me. I know we'll talk about the love triangle later. That's not really a plot hole, but um, I don't know. There were definitely things that annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Susan? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of specific plot holes, but I do remember oh God, there I are can. certain... <laughs> certain parts where I'm just like real like this is this is a little much or extreme like I don't know I feel like certain information was added in to help along the story um was like dude I think you could have mentioned this sooner or like did you really have to like I don't know it was just something didn't mesh really well there are some parts where I didn't feel like it connected well and I was like, I think you were trying too hard at this part. Right. Um, there are some, like, things that are specifically mentioned that never picked back up in this yeah. book. And I have to imagine that they get their fair share in the sequels. Um, like, the whole guardian talisman thing, which is very Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just like, man, that's that was just thrown out there and then never picked back up. Well, that, that's that type okay. of thing. It's like you you just mention it now. Like I feel like this is this like important piece of information that the mother of a, a planet should know, and like they give her all this information in bits and pieces. Like I understand they're going through a crisis, but at the same time, it's like I feel like I feel like this all needs to be in a primer that she needs to right, know that, right that, away. I mean, no other <laughs> right. guardian other than Heisen thought, oh man. This guardian died really suddenly, so this new one definitely wouldn't know about this. This right. is something definitely we should share with her. Like, no one thought about that except <laughs> this one little boy? Yeah, really? exactly. Hashtag really? <laughs> um, <clears throat> stuff like that. Yep. Um, Jeanette, what about you? I mean, in terms of the world building, the, like, the technology is cool. I will say this about um, um, the Libro world in which um which is you know touched on in the book but it's really described better on her website which is that you know the libra people live in like bubbles basically mm-hmm. that just float through the atmosphere mm. which um, is a really cool visual right they like and hey. i love that image um because it's like a gas planet yeah they live on a gas planet which is pretty yes. sweet and so I, you know, I do love the way, like, the different worlds, you know, were all conceived differently and suit the house that they are, you know, housing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to come up with a different word. Sorry, guys. No, no, um, no it's okay. <laughs> uh, so. That they so represent. Li- yeah. So I do love how the worlds um, were created, how they're all so different. Um, but. Yeah, there are definite, you know, plot holes, things that weren't finished, like things that weren't explained very well, such as like why on earth would uh, Ro spend all this time being insistent on all these other things? And then when they have a battle plan, Ro's like, you should tell me the battle plan. And and they're like, no. And she's like, okay. Um, (laughs) Things like that. She's like, I'm a girl and don't know anything now, so I'm just going to listen to other people. I was like, this isn't how you were before. And plot holes, like how you can walk into somebody else's, you know, house, government center 
invisible and nobody questions that. Like, especially <laughs> when all the planets don't get along. Like, nobody questioned, oh, how did you get there? And why are you there? And nobody took that amiss until the very end. I was like, no, that that wouldn't happen. <laughs> especially yeah. not with... Uh, two cultures that don't get along. You cannot show sure. up invisibly in somebody's home. Right. Yeah, you'd probably at least get detained, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the very least. Like, I know you're a new guardian all, but um, not cool. <laughs> I would assume you'd Just at like, least get frisked or something. I, I don't we know. all know who you are, but this is infinitely not okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, you know, there's just some things that weren't explained or weren't addressed. Or it just seemed like, okay, we're going to address that later out of convenience. Yeah. So I, I felt like the author knew a lot more than she told the reader. Oh, and I that mean, is fr- that well, is normal. <laughs> well, yes, but it was frustrating in terms of the things that we needed to know. Yeah. Right. I mean, I listen, I love primers as much as anybody else does. I, I love extra information. But if you have to keep referring to an outside source other right. than the book, I think that's a I think that's a problem. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, the information yeah. you need um, should be in the book or like, you know, make an appendix or something. Right. Um, yeah. My biggest problem with this book is easily that they, you know, they create this entire society around predicting the future. And it never works. Like, this entire <laughs> society is built around the idea that you've got these people who are like tapped into the mystical arts of reading the stars, and um, it never, it never freaking works. Yeah. Like, well, Roe is the only one who can do it, and then they don't believe her, and it doesn't make. Any and then sense. they don't believe her, but like, why can no one else do it? it, it to me, it just, I'm like, this is obviously a fairly flawed system. <laughs> I just. Um, yeah, it's really hard for like, and I get it. She created the system that is also wildly too powerful for her to control, so she had to dial it back somehow, um, which was to put roadblocks in the way of Roe doing the things she's super good at. Um, but that was also just a really frustrating thing that you've created this really cool thing that no one can use properly, but everyone has been using it for centuries in order to determine everything about this world. Okay, day, sure, <laughs> sure, man, whatever. So, yeah, uh, and it, you know, it's one of those things where it's, if everybody reads the ephemeris differently, maybe that shouldn't be your the basis for your society's planning for their future. Just maybe, right? Like, yeah, maybe. possibly, you know, you know, if, <laughs> because every single person they say reads it differently, and like they made a whole big deal about she doesn't um, use the numbers and do everything. And then when she becomes mother, the mother of her house, they say, oh, yeah, once you get good enough, you don't need those anyways. Yeah. I mean, or maybe maybe the whole thing is there's a council of people who do this and they all get together. Like, it's not just separate people in separate places reading things differently. I, I, I just there's just a hundred different ways to do this better and right. um, or that make more sense for a society like this. Yeah, and it, it drives me absolutely batty. Yeah, it just didn't seem well explained enough. Like, why no. would you have a whole council if everybody reads things differently? And why would you teach kids to, you know, use numbers to do it if once you get past a certain point, you're not supposed to use the numbers? <sighs> yeah, mm. all of that. <laughs> so next to the so beyond that, my next most frustrating part about this book uh, was definitely the love triangle. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what is a YA book without a love triangle? 
Um, How about to not have one, though? (laughs) Well, that would be probably impossible because I did do like some digging on the book after we read it. And it turns out the author herself loves love triangles. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. If it was an inevitability, it was inevitability. Um, (laughs) Doesn't mean we have to like it. (laughs) Oh, we don't have to like it. She just loves them. So who wants to describe our two strapping leading men? Well, I think they're very typical. I mean, you have the very outgoing, handsome, charming man who, you know, does everything the way Roe would want it. And that's Tyson. And then you have the care, roguish character. Yes, yes, yes. A la Han Solo. (laughs) Mischievous smile. And then you have, of course... Matthias, who is the more serious one, who contradicts Roe when she's wrong, but also like keeps her on the straight and narrow and keeps her from going too far. So. And he's the the dark and brooding and handsome yeah. one. He's yes. always in his head. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> the doing the right one. thing for the right reasons. Yeah, he doesn't. He professes his love at the end and just keeps it all in because it's not right. And it's like, okay, enough. and then of course you know spoiler alert he dies or does he or Or does he nobody no death nobody no death it's just a fact in life yeah he's at will yeah i feel like he's got to come back right (laughs) oh well i mean not in life in books in books and fiction (laughs) nobody no death um especially comic books or ya um, so, guys, who are you? Are you Team Heisen? Or are you Team uh, Matthias? I am so not invested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not either. Well, I, Heisen's going to be evil, and Matthias is possibly dead. So, uh, just, yeah, I, I, I hated, I hated this love triangle. The second the Heisen came into the picture, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I was just not on board at all. <laughs> yeah. I am not invested. I did not care. I was just like, let's move on from this, please. Aww. Yeah. I just, I felt bad, but it's like, I don't care at all about this love triangle. Get me back was, to yeah. Roe trying to convince everybody that, you know, Ocus is a real thing. Well, it looks like the love triangle's dead at the end of the book. So that gives you yeah. something. I mean, Just to give you guys some background of what happens, you know, she does end up sleeping with Heisen, even though she shouldn't because he's a fellow guardian and there's rules about that. Um, (laughs) Capital R rules. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Matthias does profess at the very end of the book that he does love her and definitely wants to do her in the naughty naughty, um, but then dies (laughs) or supposedly Supposedly. dies. So nothing comes of that except for one very sexy moment. Yeah. And at the end, she feels so guilty that she just can't be with Heisen anymore, which is silly. Uh, But that is sort of the end. And Um, Heisen's like totally okay with it, right? Because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, well, he's like, oh, okay. And then he walks away and then he comes back. He's like, but I'm not finished saving your life as many times as I can. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate myself to you. He got got shot down, so now he's evil. (laughs) Yeah, I just felt like there was another enough uh there wasn't enough to make me invest in either relationship because mm-hmm. Heisen's kind of a stranger he comes out of nowhere and he's the only one who believes in Rose so yeah of course you know that's very we attractive. want to like him yeah, yeah. we want to like him well more than that Roe wants to like him of course you want to right. like the only person who 
you know, trusts you. Mm-hmm. But like, then believes there's... you just from the gate. Yeah. And then there's the guy that you've had a crush on for five years. And all of a sudden he's paying you all this attention and, you know, helping you, helping guide you around. So, of course, you want to like him, too. Like, there's not yeah. enough in either corner for me to be so, like, okay. We keep mentioning, or at least some of us keeps mentioning, that Heisen is evil. <laughs> Do we all believe that? Is that like a universal fact? I mean, I believe that. I mean, I really think he's definitely evil. Um, it's not obvious in the book in any way, um, but I think there's enough signs. What about you guys? Evil, not evil? I believe so. And if he's not, then he's being led astray by somebody else. I, there's He just does too many too many questionable things like right. he lets Rose steal his ship why does he let Rose steal his ship well obviously so that he's he can alone be on in a ship with yeah. Rose yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely stuff going on that you're just kind of like hmm you know I'm looking into the affair miss and things are amiss <laughs> and um yeah I just I don't know it would be great if he wasn't but it just seems too good to be true that yeah you know yeah, he seems and and then perfect. even like like you know you're saying there's just all these little things like he has these size shields that he uses and then suddenly he's like giving them all out to everybody yeah. to use and then they suddenly don't mm-hmm. work no. and then they yeah. don't work and, and that's and after he's like i can't give them to anybody that's my secret technology okay i'll give them to everybody and but then they, they stop working work. as soon as they really need them. Yeah. And yet Roe gets blamed for it and not yeah. the guy who created them. Yeah. And when they put her, like, in front of the council, like, he's supposed to stand up for her and, like, he disappears. And when she's like, where did everybody go? Like, Matthias is like, well, I was pulled aside and blah, blah, blah. And he never offers an explanation of why he never showed up. I mean, when the Gemini twins are like, hey, you're being misled, mm-hmm. I immediately went... By Heisen. Heisen. I mean, but that was never, you know, but there's enough other people that are also misleading her that you could say, okay, well, maybe it's not Heisen. Um, and then, you know, Achus, Achus, Ocus, Ocus says at one point when they're fighting, you know, you're, you've gotten stronger and you're not even on water right now. And conveniently, when Roe is near water at her embassy, Heisen is suddenly not around much and when he is around he is not looking too happy and i'm just like oh mm, mm, yeah yeah you're not liking that too much <laughs> so i mean maybe i'm reading too much into it but maybe not so do you think hyson is actually the one ruling over Ocus because he does make mention that like he's not even the big boss mm-hmm. like there's someone yeah. even bigger than him yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure how it part. all comes together, but I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I, don't, I don't have all the stitches yet. I've just got a couple of puzzle pieces that look like they fit pretty good. That yeah. was a mixed metaphor. That was terrible. Sorry. <laughs> um, Matthias, dead, not dead. Oh, I can just see a dun-dun-dun moment where he comes back later on. He's, like, brainwashed and Ocus has, like, taken over his body or something. Oh, no! I didn't think about that! I don't like that at all! (laughs) That would make a whole lot more sense. Oh, God, no! Yeah, Yeah, he's in deep space. Ocus finds him. Exactly. He's using his body. Oh, my God, Susan, why? But it's that would like, be interesting. Uh, yeah. Oh, but uh, to me, it's kind of like a typical twist type of thing. It's like, why don't you stay dead? 
That'd be interesting. It is, but it makes my that heart would be hurt. way more interesting. If actually, if Matthias stayed dead, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's not gonna. I don't think he is either. But it would I be interesting be if he did. I have a feeling he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Either he's not dead, or yeah, like that would be interesting if Ocus takes his body or whatever. Or you know, they talk a lot about the role of time and how there's you know the parallel right. universes or things go you know in, in oh, circles, opposite universe, opposite universe, Matthias. Yeah, something, something, somehow things get crossed or she's able to go back and redo something or I don't know, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. I mean, th- there's a couple of dangling things like the role of time out there. And like, yeah, there's 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 Rose mom and the role of time. And, you know, I know we have to be wrapping this up, but do, does anybody have any thoughts about sort of these dangling plot holes around these two bigger things that are out there? Um, when, when time travel is involved, everything gets just so much more complicated, so much more room I'm really to, hoping like, it's not time travel. Exactly. It's like, I hope it's not time travel. I hope it's not like, oh, I figured out how to go back in time and stop Ocus from doing this one thing. And it's like, how about trying to solve the problem now with the time you think you have? You know, because obviously Ocus has the most time. Like, he's been planning this for such a long time um, that... Like well, he has like infinite time in the sense that he is lives forever. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he obviously has the leg up. So in the mm-hmm. time that she has tried to fight Ocus in any way she can, like I'd have no idea how she would pull that off, though. I mean, is it just Virgo and Cancer that was working on like time, mm-hmm. magic, right. inferior stuff, or were there others? Um, it's sort of left open whether also there's other more people. more information that Rose should have known be, it, at first <laughs> instead of, oh, like, yeah, in totally. the Hey, we were working on this experimental uh, uh, time-jumping yeah. yeah. magic here, stuff. Here are all the major initiatives that we have going on right now, mm-hmm. since you are I now know, where was our the briefing leader? document? Right? Their transition team was really shite. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you know, part of that is because you're in a major crisis and whatever, but we, there are no... Were there no records? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, hey, this is all the stuff that the you know past mother was working on. Take a look at it. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, for I all know, their I'm technology, a list maker, but yeah, listen, I'm yeah, just saying that if all of our government, they, yeah, they didn't seem to keep good records. With yeah, if, if our entire government blew up and there was only like the Secretary of Education left, again, hello, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, I'm referencing you, um, and there was only the Secretary of Education left, there would be briefers. Yes. Anyone they had left would be briefing the Secretary of Education of exactly what was going on as as honestly as they could. Exactly. And that just didn't even remotely happen. So, And I'm... You know, I, I just, like I said, I'm a list maker. I think there should be lists. There should be records. There should be Google Docs. I'm not saying color code it. I would color code it. But, Always you know, Google Doc. have it ready. <laughs> have it ready. <laughs> what about Rose Mom, guys? Anybody, anybody with oh, any theories there? She's definitely coming back. And, you yeah, know, maybe she's totally. working on some of that time technology mm-hmm. or whatever. science stuff. Yeah, that's what I've got a feeling. She's like, she ran off to do secret world stuff secret science stuff whatever but secrets unless she's the one who's going to raise matthias from the dead and control him (laughs) oh that's a good theory too like hey you obviously need your boy toy back here you go yeah (laughs) now i mean she definitely obviously she knew she must have been very good at reading the aphirimus as well because she definitely was prepping roe for taking this role Mm -hmm. um 
So, yes, I, either she's off doing secret mission stuff or she's like in the past or the future or I don't know. Maybe she's another Eternal and she's fighting this battle against Ocus. Maybe that's why she, she was able to plan so much ahead of time with Roe. Well, now that's now we're getting into Deep Space Nine. Yep. We're saying that there was a <laughs> that there was a woman who came down from a from an eternal species who had a child designed to defeat the bad. Guy. I mean, that's deep. Are we just stealing from great sci-fi? I mean, I'm okay with that because it's great sci-fi. But it's sounding like it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does a bit. Um, so she's somehow a mix of Kara Thrace and Benjamin Sisko. I would. I would. I'm okay with that. I'm in a 16-year-old body. Um, I think that would be the worst sci-fi coupling of all time, by the oh way. My like, God. They would hate they would, each other. They would kill each other. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. be like, you are the worst. <laughs> you are the worst officer I've ever known. Um, okay. All right. Backing out. Backing out. Um, <laughs> last question. Um, did you like it? Would you I read like, the sequels? I liked it enough that I would want to know kind of what happens to some of the characters. I kind of want to know if Heisen turns evil in the second book. But was I super invested, like, couldn't stop thinking of it? Not really. Yep. So, same. You know, kind of middle of the road there. I think I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. That's not bad. It's just a solid like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a solid 3 for me, you know? Exactly. Didn't hate it, didn't love it. Um... I might be interested enough to pick up the second book, but I'm not running out to the store to get right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to be at the top of my list. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I I gave it a 2.53, and I was like, well, if the library has a copy, I'll pick up the library copy at some point in the sequel. Because I am I'm curious to see if we're right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what I want to know. I want to know yeah. how much did we, you know, get right. And, you know, I am excited. She is a, you know... The author herself is a diverse author, and I think it's cool to like support diverse authors. And that's true. And I it's a fun, fun read. Yeah, like, it, it like is as, fun. As, as easy it was to predict certain things, and as I, I mean, the plot's a little bit, you know, what my seventh grade self would really have thought would have been a great novel. Um, I had a lot of fun reading it. Like I, I had fun in the adventure at the time, even afterwards. Even if afterwards, I was like, some of this doesn't add up all the way um i still had a lot of fun reading it so i think yeah you know it wouldn't be the first thing i recommended but it it's not the last either yeah it's not something i um avoided reading by any means like it was fun so i think that's it for zodiac unless anybody any last thoughts no 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 Excellent. So our next book on the Eclectic Readers uh, list could not be more different. Uh, We've got a nonfiction essay book called Men Explain Things to Me by Rebecca Solnit. Solnit? I really hope I can butcher that. I'm sorry, Rebecca. Um, But I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm through one of the essays already. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really fast but uh, really interesting read. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. All right. Well, we will have our show notes up for this episode for all the different books we are talking about at sunriserobot.net slash eclectic reader slash 26. 26 episodes in. <laughs> and where can everyone find you on social media? Susan? 
Uh, well, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see, under Ruri Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Um, and I've been really active on Let's See. So. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, it's Jeanette? the place to be. It is. <laughs> Jeanette? I am, of course, on Goodreads and Litzy at JMT Rivera. You can look for me there. I'm pretty active on both those things. A little less active on Twitter, but you can still find me there at Dr. Jeanette, and that's D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. I'm trying to balance all the social media, guys, so... I'm trying to be active on all of them. So just find me on some something. <laughs> so you can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy, all under the same name, which is my full name, uh, Tara, T-A-R-A, Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. Um, and if, uh, yeah, I'm finding it a little hard to balance all these. So if any of you have any good apps that I can just post one time to all of these things, that would be brilliant. Give me your suggestions. Um, but I'm mostly active, I would say, on Twitter. What about you, Mayor? Well, you can find me at all those places. Goodreads, Litzy, Twitter. Um, I'm definitely most active on Litzy. And same handle everywhere. It's Mare the Book Gal. M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess um, we'll just do one last thanks for uh, our Patreons on Sunrise Robot. Special thanks to Benji Robinson, Carolyn Kraut, and Joan Edwards. It's been awesome having you support us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's really meant a lot. And um, please subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher so you won't miss an episode. And we'll definitely be keeping you up to date on all of our transitioning. Uh, Please Mm -hmm. rate and review us on iTunes so more people can find us. Let us know what we're doing right or what you'd like us to change. <laughs> yeah, it, and it, it really helps us out if you do rate and review us on iTunes. And beyond that, it just makes us feel fancy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's shelve this until next month. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.